0: How many here today, either in the room or online, this is going to be an easy question, but how many of you here are on some form of social media? Some form of social, okay, yes, yes, just about everybody. Um, I'm on, uh, let's see, I'm on TikTok. I've only got two videos. Um, One, Karis taught me, and the other one, I did the wobble with Chance. Um, He he wasn't too excited, but he needed, anyway, um, I'm on Snapchat. I'm on Facebook. Uh Twitter. I I argue a little bit on Twitter. It's fun. Uh Instagram, people are nicest on Instagram. People are meanest on Twitter, nicest on Instagram. Um, and then I'm on MySpace. And I'm just kidding, that last one. It's not a thing anymore. Anyway, um, but I, I love social. I love social media because it allows me to stay connected to people. It allows me to keep up with what's going on in people's lives. Um, it'll it you find out stuff about people. Like I found out, I'm um, a really good. Uh, f- some really good friends of mine are having a baby. I found that out this week. I was like, that's kind of cool because I wouldn't have known because they live in Tennessee. So, anyway, you find out all kinds of information. But, but sometimes some things happen on social media that bother me, and I'm sure you've had the same experience. You get bothered. Now, it's not what you think. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about the trolls. I'm not talking about the people that attack. I'm talking about this week. This week. I had a friend, notice had, past tense, because it's not present tense, because they're not a friend right now, because of what they did this week. This week, if you live in Anderson, South Carolina, our weather um, was stupid. Uh, on Wednesday, I was wearing short sleeves. It was seventy degrees. It was beautiful. It was amazing. And then Thursday, it's like God cut off the heat and, and 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 cut on the rain. And it was insane. And so on Thursday I'm looking on social and I had a friend that, oh, you know, they just they just go to the Virgin Islands. They're just in the Virgin Islands, and they're like, oh, my gosh, tell my friends back home. Look at the weather. It's so beautiful, and the water, and the food. And I'm like, I hope you get hit by a hurricane in the name of Jesus. I did. I prayed that for a second. Anyway, it was one of those things where I didn't want to just see a picture of it. I wanted to be there. And and that's the way it is on some things that we see on social media. Now, some things I see on social I'm not all that like some people are like you post a picture of your cat. I'm so glad you have a cat. Somebody somebody named their cat after me. They told me that, and I was like, I don't know what to say about. It. But anyway, I, I, I'm sure you got a great cat or whatever. Or you post a picture of your, your food. Which, by the way, let me pause real quick, and I'll say this. I've said this every service, and we'll say it again. Um, if you're a vegan, if you're a vegan, stop posting pictures of your vegan barbecue. There is no such thing as vegan barbecue. If there's not a dead pig or a dead cow, it's not barbecue. You you bought a jackfruit for $2 at Publix, you chopped it up, and you're like, it tastes just like barbecue. No, it doesn't. It tastes like jackfruit. It's not barbecue. So stop posting pictures of vegan barbecue. I feel like I just preached a message. Anyway, so... People post pictures of their food or whatever, and and you see it and you can appreciate it, but sometimes I just want to be there. Like I want to be in the Virgin Islands, or I want to be there at that steak dinner, or I want to experience that. It's the same exact thing when it comes to um, seeing people. Have you ever seen somebody that God is doing such a work in their life that it's absolutely undeniable? You ever seen that? Let me pause. It's raining outside. But that is not going to excuse no call and response. When I ask a question, I better get an answer. Don't tell me you're sleepy. Wake your butt up. If the person next to you needs help, pinch them in the name of Jesus and let them know. We're going to wake up in this place, all right? So let me ask you a question. Have you ever seen somebody and God is doing a work in their life and you're like, I would like to see that right there? Anybody in this room? Praise God. All right. For a few minutes, I thought I was back at 830. All right. So so, so I love them. They're just not awake yet. So I've seen that too. Like you see somebody go through something and it's really bad and they've got this peace and you're just like, how do you, I'm like, I'm stressed out for you. Or they have this joy and you're like, how do you have that? Or they have this energy. And I'm not talking about fake. I'm talking about you can really tell that God is involved, that Jesus is the center of their life. And I see that and I'm like, man, I want that. Like I want to know how to, I want to, know how to get that. And then for me, I love when I'm reading through the Bible and I read the miracles, like those are great, but, but wouldn't you like to see one? Like wouldn't you have loved to have been at the Bible like, and, and, like there when Jesus brought somebody back from the dead? That, that would have been cool. Or, or, or some of the miracles, and I read the scripture, and I go, man, I would love to see God do miracles today. And then it hit me um, several years ago, but this is something I'm, I've been trying to live and trying to teach. God, is, J- Jesus Christ, in Hebrews thirteen eight, 8, Hebrews says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. So if he did it then, he can do it again. If he wanted to do it then, he can still do it again. And listen, here's the good news. He wants to do an incredible work in and through you. You. Don't, don't, don't tune out. Just, just listen for a second. The question I have, I've got kind of two questions, and one follows the other. The first question is, would you like to see Jesus do a work in your life that only Jesus could get credit for? Like, he want, he's going to do something. Would you like to see him do something so powerful and so revolutionary that it changes you? And not only does it change you, ultimately, it changes Everybody connected. Would you like to see Jesus work a miracle in your life? Yes or no? Okay. The question then that you got to answer if you want to see Jesus do a work in your life is real simple. Am I available? That's it. Am I available? No. Notice I didn't say, "Am I able?" Jesus isn't looking for your ability. What in the world could we do to impress Jesus? Look Jesus, I painted a picture. Look you, I painted a sunset. Like like there's nothing we can do to impress Jesus. The question he's a, the question that needs to be answered today is am I available? Like am, not not am I able? But am I available? Because I've said this for years. I read it years ago, and it kind of stuck with me. God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. So if he calls you to something, he will equip you to do that work. He's not looking for a bunch of people who say, I am able, because at the end of the day, that's kind of arrogant. He's looking for people that just go, you know what, God? These hands are yours. Teach them to serve as you please. God, I am available. Because if we are available as individuals and as a church, God really is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ever ask or imagine. So today, I just want to talk about this right here, that am I available? Are you available? If God tapped you on the shoulder today and said, I want to do something in and through you, are you available for that? Are you available? It's not a trick question. It's not a setup question. Um, We're going to pick the story up, 1 Kings 18, Elijah um, is facing down. Ahab and the 450 prophets of Baal. And we've gotten to the point in the story, and if you've missed any of it, you can catch up on Facebook or YouTube or podcast or whatever. Um, but where we are in the story is Elijah and the prophets of Baal are about to face off. And this is where we pick up 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 22. Then Elijah said to them, the prophets of Baal, I'm the only, I am the only prophet of the Lord who is left. Now, let me pause real quick and let you know that that wasn't true. I'm not saying the Bible's not true. I'm saying that statement wasn't true. Elijah wasn't being deceptive on purpose. He thought it was true, but it wasn't true. In fact, in 1 Kings chapter 19, the very next chapter, he tells God the same thing. He, he has a, have you ever had a pity party? You don't have to raise your hand. I have. And then you invite other people to feel sorry for you. So he has a pity party on God. And he said, he told God, I'm the only prophet that's left because that's what happens when we start thinking like that. I'm the only person that wrestles with this. I'm the only person that has this thought. I'm the only person that has addiction. I'm the only person that has depression. I'm the only person that has anxiety. We'll we'll start telling ourselves that, and then we won't talk about it because we think if other people um, knew what we were dealing with or wrestling with, they think we're crazy. But in 1 Kings 19, when he starts pulling this stuff on God, God goes, actually, I got 7,000 people that haven't bowed the knee to Baal, so you think there's one of you, but there's actually 7,000. Thank you very much. So the reason I circle back around that is this you 're not the only one who wrestles with what you 're wrestling with you 're not the only one who thinks those thoughts you 're not the only one that fights those battles and I don 't want to say that to minimize what you 're going through I say that to, to let you know this is a place where you don 't have to feel like i 'm the only one who 's jacked up and messed up there is nobody in this room except for jacked up messed up people who I 'm hoping understand by the end of the day that God will use us if we 're just available so So he he said he's the only one. You're not the only one. You're not the only one that's crossed that line. You're not the only one that's gone too far. You're not the only one that feels like you are disqualified. You're not the only one. He said, I'm the only one, but Baal has 450 prophets. Now, bring two bulls. The prophets of Baal may choose whichever one they wish and cut it into pieces and lay it on the wood of the altar, but without setting fire to it. So don't set fire to it, okay? I'll prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood on the altar, but not set fire to it. And call on the name of your God, and I'll call on the name of the Lord. The God who answers by setting fire to the wood is the true God. Now let me pause real quick and say: For years, I just read over this and didn't understand. There's just the symbolism here is powerful. And the reason why is because anytime Baal is depicted in ancient literature, anytime there's a picture of him, most of the time he's holding a lightning bolt. So if there's a God that can start a fire, it's the God holding a lightning bolt. Like for, for if I come to your party, if I'm coming to your house this afternoon, you're having a cookout, little grill in the back. I walk in the backyard, and one of your friends is there holding a lightning bolt. I'm just like, there's the guy that's going to start the grill because because he's holding a lightning bolt. If you're holding an ice cube, I don't think you can start the grill. But if you're holding a lightning bolt, my money is on that guy. And Elijah's is stacking the deck. He's like, hey, your God is so powerful. If he's holding a lightning bolt, then let's just, let's just, I don't know. He could probably start a fire. And they're all leaning in like, yeah, well, we think that's a good idea. So, and he says, whichever one answers by fire, he is God. And then one of the greatest miracles in the Bible takes place. We miss this. You've never heard of this miracle. You've never heard of it. But if you've been around religious or church people your whole life, you'll see it once I point it out to you. It's one of the biggest miracles ever. And all the people agreed. <laughs> That's a miracle. That's one of the biggest miracles in the Bible. You know why? Because some of y'all are gonna leave here. You're gonna walk out that door. One of y'all gonna look, one group of people gonna look at the other group of people. Y'all wanna go to lunch? Yeah, y'all gonna be there at five o'clock still deciding where the heck y'all wanna go for lunch. You really are. I don't like chilies. I don't like chilies. Well, you know what? You just, you know what? Go to what? Anyway, anyway, we would just kind of argue about it. We can't agree on anything, but the miracle here is he got them to agree on everything. This This is pretty powerful. This is great. So then it starts. Then it starts. Watch this. This is crazy. Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, you go first, for there are many of you. Choose one of the bulls and prepare it and call on the name of the Lord your God, but do not set fire to the wood. He's pretty adamant about that. So they prepared one of the bulls and placed it on the altar. Then they called on the name of Baal from morning until noontime, shouting, O Baal, answer us. But there was no reply of any kind. Then they danced, which any Baptist will tell you, that's that's how you knew God wasn't going to work, because they danced, hobbling around the altar that they had made. Now, what I want to point out in this passage right here is, is real simple. From morning till noon, they danced and and they I love this. They shouted like I went to a I I went to a, a Pentecostal church. Well, I, I'll back up. I've been to all kinds of churches. I've been to all kinds of churches. I've been in all kinds of religious environments. I went to a Catholic church one time, and it was awesome because I got to worship, and I got my exercise in. Stand, kneel, sit. Stand, kneel, sit. Stand, kneel, sit. That's all I did. Stand, kneel, sit. Okay? I went to a charismatic church one time. I swear to God, they handed me a tambourine when I walked in. I was like, what is this for? They're like, you're going to find out. (laughs) And Man, I just bore that tambourine out. It was great. I went to a, a Baptist church one time and found out I could never have fun. Um, I went to a, I remember I went to a Presbyterian church one time. I was preaching in this Presbyterian church and they had that little baptistry thing. You know what I'm talking about? A little cup thing. And I walked up and I was like, what is that? And they're like, that's the baptistry. How, how do you get people in that thing? Um, and then I, I, did kind of, I didn't know about sprinkling or anything like that. So I've been in all kinds of churches and all kinds of people, different worship, worship God in all sorts of different ways. But from morning till noon, from morning till noon, that's, Going in, like in a worship service. But I, There's some people in this room, you love to sing, you, can, you connect with God through worship. And I love worship, but after about 20 minutes, I'm like, <clears throat> we're going to get some preaching around here. And then, and then in this church, I watch y'all. I watch y'all. About 1225, y'all start, y'all don't look at your watches anymore. Y'all start doing this. We're going, we're going to land that plane. We're going to land, time to land the plane. We got to go outside and argue about where we're going to go eat. All right, we're going to land the plane. And, and what we see is, is they're, they're in this from morning until noontime. That's, de- that's dedication. They, they, I, ca- I can't stay focused on one thing that long, even when I'm on medication, all right? And so they, had, they didn't have Adderall, and they are in from morning until noon, but there's no reply of any kind. And I started thinking, worshipers of Baal do this, but Christians do too. Oh, no, we're not worshiping Baal, but it was kind of like when I first became a Christian, I got my to-do list over time. Do you ever get this? Okay, I'm a Christian. What do I do? Read your Bible. Okay, I'm going to read my Bible. I read it for 10 minutes. Oh, no, 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 30 minutes. Okay, 30 minutes. I'm going to read my Bible, and I'm praying. How long are you praying for? I always lie about this. I'd be like, how long am I supposed to pray for? An hour yes, but I've never, pra- I don't think I prayed an hour this week. I'm horrible at prayer. I'm awful. If you ask me to pray for you, I'm like, dear God, help them. Amen. That's all I got. I'm, I'm horrible. Some people have that gift of intercession. I, I was not in that line. Um, then they were like, you need to journal. Okay. Journal. What's that? That's, you write all your most personal, intimate thoughts down in a notebook. Oh, that's the scariest thing I've ever heard in my life. And so what you do when you journal, if you're a Christian, you've been in a Christian world, what you do is you write the thoughts down that you hope somebody else picks up and reads one day. I love you so much, Jesus. I mean, we're not writing down, and so you need a journal. And you can only go to R-rated movies if they're about Jesus. Um, and then you can only listen to certain kind of music. So I got very involved. I got very active. I was really active for God. Just like in this text right here, these people really active. But the thing I want us to understand today is activity does not equal availability. Like when we get wrapped up in Christian activities, I know a lot of people that get so active, and I was one of these people for so long, I was so active that I wasn't actually open to what God wanted me to do because of my activity I thought God owed me. God, I'm I'm doing so much for you. Instead of me... oh my God, I just, I just thought of this. I, other two services didn't get this. I was so active for God, I thought he actually needed to be available for me. So God, I am glad you're the creator of the universe, but right now, you're my butler. You put your towel over your arm. And you give me what I want, when I want it, because God, you owe me. Look at all this time I spent in the Bible. Look at all this time I spent praying. Look at all the time I've spent writing fake thoughts down in this journal. Look at look, look at all the stuff, God. But activity does not equal availability because I know people, We listen, we can get caught up in activity, but activity does not equal intimacy. Our relationship with Jesus isn't built on our activity. It's built on our intimacy. It's built on our connection. And the way we become connected is through being available every single day. What would happen every single day this week, as soon as we woke up, the first thought we had was, God, Today, I'm yours. Do whatever you want. I'm telling you, it will change your perspective on the way you view people and on the way you view yourself. Because I know people that are active, but they don't have a connection with Jesus. How can you tell? It's very simple. Jesus said, they will know you are my disciples by the way you love one another. So, I'm just you, saying, if there's a group of people out there, you're reading your Bible, you're praying, you're worshiping, you're serving, but you're a jackass. Oh, I got you all there, didn't I? I got you. Some of y'all are like, who's that jackass? It's in the King James. Thank you. <laughs> Find a cuss word in the Bible, you can say it. All right. So, so they're really active. They're really active. And then Elijah, Elijah starts messing with them. Elijah says... You'll have to shout louder. Come on, guys. Come on. Come on. Bring it. Bring it. Get a little louder. Pump up the decibel level. He scoffs. For surely he is a God. Perhaps he is daydreaming or is relieving himself (laughs) in the sink. We talked about that last week. If you missed it, just leave it. Just leave it. Or maybe he is away on a trip or is asleep and needs to be wakened. He's scoffing. Now, some people are like, like, we live in a, we, our, our culture's too sensitive today. Like, Elijah would get canceled for this. <laughs> right? But, but, but my question is, he's just, he's just saying, hey, you're putting all your worship and your energy into that? How's that going for you? It ain't working. Those of you that put your hope in the Republican or the Democrat Party, how's that working for you? Did you get let down at some point? If the answer is no, give them time. They'll all let you down. For those of you that have your hope in a football team, how'd that go for you? Eventually, they're going to let you down. Everything in this world, no matter how much we shout and sing and we dance, it's not going to come through. It's going to disappoint us. It's going to let us down. And Elijah's going, how's that going for you? How's that going for you? How's that going for you guys? Now, here's what religion does. The mantra of religion is this, do more, try harder. It's insanity, isn't it? If something isn't working, just do more of that, and eventually it'll work. Insanity. So, so instead of like, having a conversation going, all right, guys, we've been doing this dancing thing around the bull thing, got a lightning bolt, hadn't thrown a lightning bolt, Something not working. No, they went in. They just said, so they shouted louder. And following their normal customs, they cut themselves. Okay, pause, just stop for a minute, right right there, just we're gonna push the pause button. First of all, cutting's been around for thousands of years. For people that say cutting's like this new thing, it hasn't, it's been around for thousands of years. And now, now, I would say, I, I'll, I can appreciate different styles of worship. I've been in many different churches, as I said earlier. I've enjoyed many of experiences. But the minute you pull out the knife and say, this is the point in the surface, we cut ourselves, I'm gone. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm good. I'm just, you know, I'm, you're going to go to hell. I will drive the engine. If I'm, 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 cutting myself. I'm not cutting myself. That's weird. But don't miss this. Religion always tells you that you're not doing enough. Religion will tell you, oh, the the reason, I remember hearing this, the the reason so-and-so died in your family is you didn't have enough faith. If you'd have just danced harder and shouted louder, maybe even cut yourself, sacrificed something, you'd have experienced a miracle. Religion always says, do more, try harder. Do more, and some people in this room You've been on that treadmill, and didn't work. Didn't work for me. Didn't work for them. Didn't work for anybody. They're cutting themselves. It's crazy. Cutting themselves with knives and swords. I mean, you you break out a sword until the blood goes. What? This isn't in the children's Bible, is it? You can't put this in there. They raved all afternoon until the time of the evening sacrifice, but there was still no sound, no reply, no response. Activity does not equal intimacy. It does not equal connection. And without connection, we don't move in God's direction. We don't see what he can do. And so, so at some point, you got to say, that's not working. And Elijah gave him time. And then he called the people, come over here. And all of them were like, well, okay. I mean, I just, we didn't work. And he brought out the swords and no lightning. No no lightning bolt, no nothing. They all crowded around him. As he repaired, the altar of the Lord had been torn down. He took 12 stones, one to represent each of the tribes of Israel. And he used the stones to rebuild the altar in the name of the Lord. Now, let me pause real quick. Elijah was gifted. He was. He had the ability to call down fire from heaven. I've met some gifted people in my life. I've met some gifted singers. I've met some gifted musicians. I've never ever in my life met anybody that could call down fire from heaven. Because if there was a person like that, I would take them with me every time I drove up and down Clemson Boulevard and be like, get that one, get that one, get that one, get that one. Just their car, not the people. I'm not trying to hurt people. Get everybody sensitive. I mean, that, can we all agree that if you can call down fire from heaven that you're gifted, yes or no? Okay, here's what I want you to notice, and it's so powerful. Elijah was gifted, but he didn't walk up on the scene and go, hey, people, just want to let you all know I'm gifted and calling down fire from heaven. If you're gifted, you don't have to tell people. Amen. They'll figure it out. What Elijah did is he, he made himself available. And even though he was gifted and calling down fire from heaven, he walks up on the scene and goes, okay, I um, need to see God move. Fire needs to fall on the altar. The altar needs to be repaired. I'll repair the altar. And this gifted man took his hands and took a rock, and he put it on top of another rock, and he put another rock on top of another rock, and he, he was sweating a little bit when he was doing this. He was, he was available to do what needed to be done. That's what being available means. God, whatever you need done, I'm available. And then watch this, watch this. This, is, this is, it gets even crazier. Then he dug a trench around the altar, large enough to hold about three gallons, dug a trench. You ever, you ever had to dig something up in the yard? You ever had to dig something? It's, you're sweating. It takes work. So here's this gifted man, and he's out building an altar and digging a trench. He's, he's available, and he's preparing the place where God is going to do an undeniable work. Now, the reason I bring all this up, it's very simple. It's just to say thank you. Thank you to every single person in this room that volunteers your time at Second Chance. Because, what, because you think, hold on, hold on, hold on. You think you're just volunteering. But you're not, we don't have just volunteers. What you're doing is you're setting up stones and you're digging trenches So that when the fire falls, this place is ready. You, God is using you to prepare a place where miracles are not only happening, but they're going to continue to happen and we're going to get to see them and our children are going to get to see them and our grandchildren are going to get to see them and be a part of them simply because you've made yourself available. See, second chance, it's not a me thing, it's a we thing. We are in this together and as we make ourselves available over and over and over again to prepare a place where the fire can fall, I believe we're going to see a move of God over the next year, two years, five years, 10 years that will literally blow our minds simply because people are willing to show up and say God these hands are yours teach them to serve where you please those of you that volunteer every week thank you we couldn't do it without you and for those of you that know volunteering is your next step there's a red card in the seat in front of you and a pen fill that thing out give it to usher when you leave you think I'm kidding do it just make yourself available. Make yourself available. Watch what God will do in your life. Watch what God does in your life. Now, this is, this is crazy. This is crazy. So, he prepared this altar. He digs this trench up and, and he piled the wood on the altar. So, he's still, he's still making himself available and cut the bull into pieces. I had to be a little bit gross. And laid the pieces on the wood. Then he said, Fill little, four large jars with water and pour the water over the offering in the wood. After they had done this, he said, do the same thing again. And when they finished, he said, now do it a third time. So they did as he said, and the water ran around the altar and even filled the trench. Now, this is Valentine's Day, so I thought I could work my fiance into the message. I'm getting married in 89 days. I'm super excited. This is great. Somebody asked me recently, how did you know that you were in love? How did you know? How would you know? And I wish I could tell you it was super spiritual. I wish I could tell you she walked in the doors of this church and light shone around her. But that's not true. The first time she came to this church, she didn't like me. I'll tell you that whole story. I just, she's, she's not in this service, so I could tell you all that. She was in the first service. I couldn't say that, but she's listening right now. But, but she didn't like me. But it wasn't that. I wish I could tell you that when she walked by me, the first time God said, she's the one. I didn't say that. I was like, be nice if she was the one. Anyway, I I, I didn't say that, but the the night, let me tell you how I knew I was in love. We went to Sullivan's for dinner. We had a nice meal. We're talking. We're enjoying. Waitress comes up. She looks at me. She goes, I know you're going to get dessert, coconut cake, right? I was like, yes, ma'am. She looked at Shannon. She said, would you like anything? Shannon said, no, I'm good. I'm done. Waitress walks away. We're having this conversation. She brings back the coconut cake with two forks. And I'm like, why, why are there two forks? Now, I'm not saying this out loud. I'm just thinking it. Why are there two forks? Because I want to let you all know, I don't share food with Anybody? If we are out and you say, "Can I have a bite of that?" The answer is no. You cannot have a bite. I'll buy you your own piece. Can I have a couple fries? No, you can't have a couple fries. Well, you're greedy. Yes, I am. Jesus loves me. I'm not going to hell. Okay, but I'm greedy. I am not a food sharer at all. So, can you have a bite of my? I've had people reach across to get a bite. I swear to God, I took my fork and I stabbed it as hard. I've I've done it. I've done it. I get ferocious. I'm a broken, sinful man that needs Jesus. And if you want proof, reach across and grab my food. <laughs> but not I had Sullivan, something changed. She took that fork and she said, I think I'll have a bite. And I said, uh-huh. <laughs> you, want, you, want, you want another one? What is happening to me? Oh, my God. That's how I knew I was in love because I shared something. Now, some of y'all, I know some of y'all are thinking, how in the world are you going to pull in coconut cake with water on the altar? I am so glad you asked. That coconut cake was special to me. But because of love, I was willing to share something that was valuable to me. Now, let's go back. I've been to this location. I've been to Mount Carmel. I've stood where this miracle took place or where they think this miracle took place. And I was there several years ago, one of the best Bible teachers I've ever met in my life. This guy knows Scripture. he he lived in Israel his whole life. And so, I never will forget, he asked the question. We're reading this text, and he paused, and he goes, where did the water come from? Now, I don't know about you, but if I don't know the answer to a question, I look down. No eye contact. That's the rule. If you don't know the answer, no eye contact. But since I'm the tallest or the biggest or the clumsiest or the dumbest, I don't know why, he called on me. Perry, where'd the water come from? Uh Jesus? <laughs> because, yeah, right, Jesus is the answer. He's like, no. I was like, okay, that's a devil? I don't know. Like, where'd the water come from? Now, I had heard, I read in a commentary once that the water came from the Mediterranean Sea because from the top of Mount Carmel, you can see the Mediterranean Sea. Now, that is true. They didn't tell you that it's like a day's journey to the Mediterranean Sea and a day's back. So just because you can see it doesn't mean you can get to it. Because I saw the moon this week, but I ain't been able to get to it, all right? Because Elon Musk had not built my rocket yet. As soon as he gets my rocket, I'll, I'll, I'll get up there. Um, and so, so that wasn't true. And then somebody in the group said, uh, a well? And our guy was like, well, number one, there's no archaeological evidence that there was ever a well on Mount Carmel. Number two, if there had been a well... It was a three and a half year drought. The well would have been dry. So I asked you again, he said, where did the water come from? And none of us knew. I've read this story for years, didn't know where the water came from. And he let us know something that blew my mind the water came from the people that were there. In the Middle East, today, even when I travel over there today, they they tell you, always take water with you. Always take water. Water is so precious. It's so valuable. Can you imagine how precious and valuable water would have been 3,000 years ago in the middle of a -a three-and-a-half-year drought? These people, some of them, it might have been all they had left. And they bring their water, and Elijah's basically saying, hey, you believed in Baal? How's that going for you? It's not working? What do you need from God right now? This is him asking them, what do you need from God? Rain? Well, why don't you go first and pour out your water on the altar? And all these people who, who had been in the middle of a three-year drought, group one poured their water, group two Poured their water. They gave what was valuable to them in order to prepare the place for the fire to fall. Now, the reason I say that is to simply say thank you to every single person in this room and watching online that you've given to Second Chance. You've given to the building fund. Here's why that was you pouring your water on the altar. Because We've seen God move in this place, and we're going to see God move in that place. But it's not because of your boy's preaching. It's because of a group of people that are willing to get together and use their hands to build an altar and dig a trench and give our water and prepare the place and make it available for the fire to fall. Thank you for giving because you've given, we're going to see miracles that are absolutely going to blow our minds. And let me just let me ask you: If you've read the rest of the story, if you read the rest of the story, they get their water back because you can't get you can't outgive God. They poured out a glass of water and it and a flood came. It's kind of cool, isn't it? God will give you this little bit of water. <laughs> At the usual time for the offering, the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet walked up to the altar and prayed, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, prove today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant. Prove that I have done all this at your command. O Lord, answer me, answer me, so these people will know that you, O Lord, are God and that you have brought them back to yourself. Now, if you read this entire prayer slowly, it's not even a minute long. It's not even a minute long. So he prayed. Don't miss this. He prayed, but before he prayed, he prepared. A lot of people are willing to pray for things we're not willing to participate in. He didn't show up and see the altar busted up and go, Oh, God, God, I love you. You are amazing. Build this altar in the name of Jesus. Because it wouldn't have happened. I know people that will pray for things that they're not willing to get involved in. God, I want you to lead my co-workers to you. Have you talked to your co-workers about Christ? Oh, no, I could never do that. It, it's, it, he was not only willing to pray, but, but before he prayed, he prepared. He got everything set up. And then, while these fools have been going on for all day long, making a ruckus, cutting themselves, all this other stuff, Elijah walks up after things are prepared, prays for like a minute, and and the Bible says, immediately the fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven and burned up the young bull, the wood, the stone, burned up the stones. That's a hot fire right there. And the dust. It even licked up all the water in the trench. God was like, I'll take that too. And when all the people saw it, they fell face down on the ground and cried out, the Lord, He is God. Yes, the Lord is God. Duh. <laughs> fire fell because one man made himself available. Now, if God can do that through one man, what could He do through all of us? Oh, by the way, next week we're going to talk about this, but I'm going to kind of tease it out for a second. The fire falling wasn't the miracle. It wasn't. I know we've been taught that, but let me just ask a very simple question. It's not a trick question. If there's been a three-and-a-half-year drought, what's the last thing you want falling from heaven? Fire. Remember a couple of years ago on the 4th of July when it hadn't rained in like four months, there was a burn ban and we couldn't shoot fireworks and all the rednecks got mad and went out and made pop bombs in their backyard and just kind of blew things up. Y'all remember that? Y'all remember that? Y'all remember that? I was involved. I, I, I mean, I, I know people that did it. All right? Um, like, you don't want fire. So, so the miracle from, like, like, the last thing you needed was fire. They didn't need fire. They needed rain. Yeah, don't, don't miss that. We're going to talk about that next week. It's going to be great. But what I wanted to circle back around to today is this. The fire fell because things were prepared. Now, I know what some of you are thinking because I thought this for years. Okay, Perry, that's great. That's awesome. But Elijah is a Bible person. And Bible people were special people we're like I'm not a special person. I'll tell y'all there's nothing special about me at all. Like the Bible people are special people. Like Elijah and Moses and Noah and David, like all those people are special people. And so, I'm so glad that God did something powerful through Elijah, but he could never do that through me. And I'm so glad if you thought that you thought that today because James the brother of Jesus tells us this about Elijah. Elijah was as human as we are. Elijah dealt with doubt and fear and depression and struggles, just like we do. What set him apart? He was available. That's it. Yeah, he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall and none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. I mean, the the miracle was even bigger than the rain falling. So so, let me land the plane right here. There are some people here today, you're in the room or you're watching online and you're like, well, that's great for Elijah. But Pastor P, I am broken and I am messy. And if that's you, by the way, thank you. So is everybody else on your row. Broken and messy. I'm so thankful That we have a church where you don't have to pretend that you're not broken and messy. Because that's all that's in this room are broken, messy people. Now, if you're here going, how dare you call me broken and messy and prideful. Thank you. (laughs) Broken (laughs) and messy. So if you're here thinking, well, that's great for Elijah, but God could never do anything through me. I would be available, but Perry, I'm... I'm broken and messy. The last thing I want you to understand today is this God only uses messy and broken people because messy and broken people is all that there are. God only uses messy, broken people who are available. So, my question today is this it's not, are you able to do something? It's, are you available? Could you literally say, God, these hands are yours. Teach them to serve as you please. God, I am available, 100% available to you. Because if you're available, he is able to do immeasurably more in you and through you than you could ever imagine. Can we stand for prayer? Jesus, I just want to thank you today that you use messy, broken people. God, I want to thank you today that nobody in this room or watching online is disqualified from divine intervention in their life for us seeing a miracle that nobody in this world could explain. Well, heads bowed and eyes closed right now, I'm just kind of curious if you might just tell God, God, if you want to use me in any capacity, I'm available. If you feel the freedom to do so, maybe just put your hands out just like in front of you and say, God, these hands are yours. I'm available. God, I am available for whatever you want to do. Father, as we make ourselves available today, God, I pray that the fire of hope and the fire of peace, the fire of joy would fall in our lives. God, that we would completely surrender knowing that you are able if we're just available. Jesus, I just want to thank you that I believe there are some available people in this room. God, I believe that there are some people, God, that have that have said, yes, Lord, and I pray for each each and every person that have made themselves available, God, that you would bring so much clarity to that next step that you want us to take, that we would walk out of this place believing, God, believing that if we're available, God, that you are able to do immeasurably more than all we could ever ask or imagine. With head still bowed and eyes still closed, maybe you need to make yourself available by asking Jesus into your life because you've never prayed to receive Christ. And if that's you, we've had people in every service today, so if you need to pray to receive Christ right where you stand, I want to invite you to pray and ask Him into your life. You can just say in your heart, Jesus Christ, I know I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross, rose from the grave to pay for my sin and right now I am yours. Come into my life and save me. Head still bowed, I eyes still close. If you just prayed to receive Christ, would you put your hand up in the air just for a second? Just hold it up. Hold it up really high if you're online, if you'll do the hand raise emoji really high so we can celebrate with you. Father, I thank you today that people have received you. I thank you today that people have have, have experienced change. I thank you today God, that as we walk out of this place and we continue to think about our availability, God, that you're gonna continue to bring change. God, I pray that you would bring so much peace and so much hope and so much joy to each and every person as we make ourselves available, knowing, God, that you still have a plan for our lives and we can still experience immeasurably more than all we could ever ask or imagine. God, would you work in our church, but even more than that, would you work in our lives We love you, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Everybody that agreed said amen. I am so glad you came. Are you glad you came to church today? I'm so glad you came. We'll see you guys next week as we continue this series.